This is The Scoop on Life. We welcome you in. I'm Chase Robinson. This is Lauren Robinson. Please, you are joining us this week. We've got a great show for you today as we are talking with Kirk Walden. He is the Advancement Specialist at Heartbeat International. Uh, he serves Pregnancy Help Ministries uh, as an encourager, coach, and confidant. He is the author of the book, The Wall. Uh, him and his wife, Jen, actually have uh, the Faith Revolution podcast. So we are pleased to have Kirk Walden here on The Scoop on Life. Welcome in. It's great to be with you, Chase and Lauren. We'll have a good time today. I've been looking forward to this. Yes, too. Thanks, Yes, Kirk. we have too. And uh, like I mentioned, you serve uh, with Heartbeat International, which is an affiliate network for the pregnancy help community. What exactly yes. do you do for Heartbeat and why is this important to you? Well, what I do for Heartbeat is I work with a lot of pregnancy help ministries and development, and we serve uh, more than 2,800 centers, maternity homes, and nonprofit adoption agencies around the world. Wow. And so uh, I get to help them in development, fundraising. I speak at events uh, for a lot of centers. I'll speak at about 40 events this year. Well, I was supposed to uh, <laughs> before we had uh, all of this change in how things go, but it's interesting that uh, I'll be doing a lot of virtual events, and so we've been setting up studios and, and different shooting aspects because I'll be taping a lot of uh, a lot of messages in the next few weeks. So it's going to be a lot of fun. So with Heartbeat, a lot of work with pregnancy centers as far as development and fundraising, and and uh, also write a, a publication called Advancement Trends, uh, where we help them in that area, and I, I answer a lot of questions. So it's a lot of fun. Love working with Heartbeat and been with them really since 2009 uh, on a part time basis. And really, it, it's just a full time passion. That's awesome. That's awesome. And Kirk, I think you've been serving the Pregnancy Help Ministry for almost 30 years. Is that right? I know. I'm really old. <laughs> but I became a director of a center back in 1991 in Auburn, Alabama, uh, in your home state, and was there from 91 through 99. And uh, did I hear you say War Eagle? Yeah. <laughs> Bless you, sister. Bless you. <laughs> For those who are listening, that's Auburn's that's Auburn's battle cry. So, uh, and if you're an Alabama fan listening, we love you too. It's great to be in this thing, in this work together. But I began at uh, Women's Hope Medical Clinic in Auburn in 1991. Uh, left there in '99 and began a company called Life Trends, where I began working with centers around the country consulting and, and helping with development, different things, really helping with newsletters is how it started out. And it just grew into consulting and then banquet speaking. Heartbeat came along in 2009 uh, and asked me to partner with them. And then in 2014, they acquired Life Trends from me and just brought me in. And so I'm part of the Heartbeat family now, which is uh, just a blast. So it's, it's been 30 years. You're right. It will be next year, 30 years. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, um, as Chase mentioned, you wrote the wall, which I just finished yes. reading a few months ago, and that's really a book out outlining a path to ending abortion as we, as we know it. And so if you would just for a minute, explain what the wall is about, um, your book, and then also explain, and I know the book kind of gets into that, but what are some of the biggest challenges you see in the pro-life community and for specifically, you know, pro-life uh, or pregnancy help centers? Sure. Uh, the wall came about because I was looking at the political landscape. This was 2012, 2013. So we're going back and you think about what the political landscape was then. And I just got frustrated. And I, and I thought, you know, we keep thinking 
that if we elect the right person who then appoints the right people on the Supreme Court and we and elect the right people as our representatives at the state level, that's how we end this thing. And I realize that is important. I know a lot of people who are involved in the public square and the political square. In fact, just uh, last year, we had a group of us at Vice, in Vice President Pence's office. And I just, I appreciate what he is doing, uh, doing everything he can on his end. But I thought if we wanna end this thing, if we wanna really see abortion done, it becomes unthinkable. What we need to do is pregnancy centers need to become the first choice for those facing unplanned pregnancies, unexpected pregnancies, because we become the first choice. That second choice will disappear because 90% of women who enter a life-affirming pregnancy help center will choose life. Now, some of them are already predisposed toward life, but we're getting opportunities to reach those who aren't sure what they want to do. And even those who think they want to end their pregnancy, we're open for them. We're offering help and hope. And they're saying, you know, I can make it through this after all. And I realize that if we make pregnancy centers the first choice and abortion centers can't get any clients anymore, if we, if we become that, that place where people flock to, they don't have any more business. And if they don't have business, if they can't make a profit, they will close their doors. And that's what we're beginning to see. More and more abortion centers are closing their doors. But why don't we just do it that way? Why don't we, the body of Christ, why don't we bond together? And as we do this, we can make a, a life-affirming culture that's so strong that abortion centers just have no reason to be open. And people say, well, that's that's pretty naive. And that's a that's a big that's a big elephant to eat and i go well okay but what if one center does this and has success and a planned parenthood closes then another then another then another i really think we can see the day where the last abortion center closes its doors in fact you know in alabama when i started in this there were a lot of abortion centers now we're down to just a few west right. alabama birmingham and montgomery not many left and uh, maybe Mobile, I can't remember anymore, but there used to be several in each major city. And now we're getting to a point to where they're really limited as far as their reach. And I think we can come to that point where abortion really does become unthinkable and obsolete because there's just no place to go get one. And regardless of whether Roe is overturned, which I hope it is, but regardless of that, if nobody's choosing it, then we've ended it. And that's what I thought about. That's why I wrote The Wall, and it came out in 2013. I laughed because I say, you know, there's a presidential candidate who took that phrase and used it and took it all the way to the White House, and he owes me royalties for that <laughs> phrase. But uh, uh, it's actually Nehemiah's wall because Nehemiah built a wall of hope for the Israelite people where they could go inside and be safe. And they had what we might call great awakening after he built that wall of protection for them. And I think pregnancy centers are a wall of protection that those facing unexpected pregnancies can come inside and they can be safe from those who would prey on them for a profit. So that's kind of what the wall is all about. And uh, we're, we saw it really reach the pro-life community and still doing that. I think there are 30,000 copies out there and I'm excited about that. 
So how does that, what, like, what does that look like? You know, talking about building this wall, this, this place of refuge for these women to come, but how does that, how does that happen? You know, how do we make that happen to where, like you said, it's the first choice, you know, what is that, what is that process looking like? Sure. There are three aspects to it. And I think one is our marketing. We've got to reach out to those women out there. We've got to reinvent ourselves every couple of years because their needs are changing, their thoughts are changing, and the men too, we've got to reach them both. And so we've got to have marketing that's tremendously effective. And I think we're working on that, we're getting better, but we've got a ways to go. I was talking to a major social media influencer just the other day, and he was talking about pregnancy center marketing. And, and he said, you know, we, he said, there's some good stuff out there and there's some that we've really got to get better. He's passionately pro-life and we were talking about how we can improve. So that's one aspect. Number two is our facilities. We've got to have the kind of facilities that a young lady walks in and she goes, this is amazing. These people can help me. And years and years ago, we were on, you know, used couches and old homes and stuff like that. Well, we've moved beyond that and we're moving into a new realm but we need to continue to have the kind of facilities. I've been in some centers where you've got the, the wall waterfall and Keurigs out there and stuff, very comfortable. So the young woman comes in or young man with her and they say, these people have their act together. If we can do that, we're well on our way to doing what we need to do. And then finally, the services that we offer. Uh, when I got started in this, our center was like the 20th in America or somewhere in there wow. to even have ultrasound. That was in 1996. And now we've got more than 1,700 pregnancy help centers with ultrasound. And we need to work on that. And I'm looking at new ways to make ultrasound more uh, that people are coming out with where ultrasound is not as expensive as it used to be, uh, where we can do this more effectively, where we can even go into communities if we need to. It's amazing. If we can do these three things well and continue to, to be on the cutting edge of this, we can do this. And I really believe we can become that first choice. And, and I think we're closer than we really might think because yeah. I, we get overwhelmed and we say, oh my goodness, this is so big. This is such a big look, just my community. If I can get just my community and we can be the first choice there, don't worry, there are other people across this country doing the same thing. So I'm excited about it. Yeah. So, Kirk, you know, we obviously want to take the truth that we know and let it change our hearts and then let that lead us to obedience to what God has called us to do. So what do believers, you know, what do our listeners do? You know, like, okay, we know the truth. And we've had, we've had some great guests on our podcast already, you know, telling us the truth. You know, what is the truth about abortion and the pro-life industry? And, you know, but then to say, okay, we want that to change how we feel and what we, what we think and then ultimately what we do. And so... How do people get involved? How do they help build this wall of refuge for these women? How do they help pregnancy centers? What, what are ways to, to help to be involved? One thing that jumps out at me is we've got to understand. You talked about a truth. I'll tell you a truth that I see more than anything else that we've got to keep in mind. The young woman and man thinking of ending a pregnancy don't want to. That's not their goal. They didn't wake up in the morning and say, you know what, we're pregnant and I just, I look forward to ending it. It's going to be, you know, they don't look forward to this. It's their last choice, but it's the, it's the one that they think I can't do anything else. And so we've got to find ways to let them know one, that they're loved two, that there's no judgment there 
and that we will be there every step of the way. And I can't tell everyone this is what you need to do, but I really believe one of the things we can do is, hey, let's financially support it. In the book, The Wall, I mentioned that if everybody gave eight or so bucks a month, now I hope people can give a lot more than that, but if all of those who are pro-life, if a certain percentage of those who are pro-life gave just eight bucks, a hundred bucks a year that aren't already doing that, we could raise $1.5 billion for pregnancy centers across the country, which wow. for every center of America, their budget would go up $400,000. If somebody who's not giving said, I'll give a hundred bucks a year. And if somebody who is giving said, you know, I can add a hundred bucks, $1.5 billion. You give a pregnancy center $400,000. You think they can't do marketing that would dwarf anything Planned Parenthood could do? Do you think, that we would be so powerful in our outreach, marketing, outreach, advertising, whatever you want to call it, that Planned Parenthood would be on, and this is kind of a bad way to say it, they'd be on life support is what they, because they could not reach. We've got a better product than they do. We've got love. They don't have that. I'm not here to beat up on them during this podcast, but I don't, but, but that's not even the point. The point is, they can't, they, they don't know how to do the love thing. And that's too bad. And I pray that they can learn it. They can't, they're selling a product. Right. And if we can be first, wow, it's amazing what we could do. If we could staff these centers, what if you could staff a center with a, a full-time physician who say, you know, my practice is going to be here. What if we could have full-time nurses that anytime somebody walks in the door, they go, oh, we can do an ultrasound for you right now. We can do STI or STD testing. The thing that hits me is so many centers tell me, and I, I've been in a, probably six or 700 centers across this country, and what I keep hearing is if we just had the money. This ain't hard. I'm Southern, so I'm allowed to say ain't. <laughs> but this ain't difficult. All we need to do is give something and be a part of that. But another thing we can do, and they say, okay, you can give, you can pray, you can, yeah, we can pray. But when I pray, I expect that prayer to move me to action. Because if, I, if we look through the Old Testament and the New Testament, you see people praying and then they're moved to action. So let's pray. But I'm not talking about praying and saying, you know, okay, I'm done, God. I, I prayed for you to bless all the people who are hurting today, all the people facing unplayed. Okay, that, that's great. Let's do that. What am I supposed to do? If it doesn't drive me to action, I, I doubt that I've really been praying. So what are actions I can take? easy because everybody's a lot of people listening to this are going to say that's great kurt i don't have the time to volunteer every week maybe somebody does that's great but there are a lot of little things i would do this one thing if every one of us listening to this did this one thing i think we could have an amazing impact find your pregnancy center go to optionline.org heartbeats website it, it lists every center in the world and so email, you find your local center, just put in your address and find your local center. Next thing you do, find the executive directors, uh, go to their website. If you can, you can probably find it, just Google it. Once you, once you get the location, Google the website, find a way to contact them and say, I want to help. I may, you can say, I don't have a lot of time, but I want to help. And you don't have to list, these are all my gifts and talents, look. The people who do the most are the ones who aren't, aren't always focused on, well, I can't or I can. 
You know, I, I don't want somebody to tell me this is what all I can do. What I want to do is listen to their heart. And then once we once we do that, we'll find a place for you. Say, I'll try to help. And if you say, look, I've only got an hour or two or I can only do it from home. Fine. We'll figure something out. And if we do that, if everybody listening to this podcast found their center, emailed the executive director or, or hit the contact button and, and, and type something in there and said, I want to help. I don't have much time or I do have much time. I want to pitch in. Uh, would you contact me? I guarantee you somebody will contact you. If they don't, shame on them. <laughs> but I really believe that they would. And it doesn't take that much. I mean, there are people doing everything from accounting work to mowing the lawn right. to cleaning. The head of one of the largest adoption agencies in this country, you know how he got his start? He got in touch with the director of a pregnancy center. And he said, I'm just a college student and I'll do whatever. And the director said, you know what? I got to tell you, we need somebody to clean the bathrooms once a week. Would you do that? And he goes in and he starts cleaning the bathrooms. And he and I were prayer par partners in college at Auburn, this guy. And he said, yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing. He would go on to become the head of one of the largest adoption agencies in this country. Awesome. And I think that's how we start. It's just, I'll do anything. I'll clean the dang toilets. Sorry, I said dang. Are we allowed to say that on this podcast? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but... If that's all, it makes a huge difference. And then God used him to move into other other realms. Yeah, so and so that's I, what I do. Yeah, yeah. And we would encourage you, you know, no matter where you are listening, as Kirk said, find your local center. And as he said, you're probably not going to reach out to your local center and say, how can I help? How can I serve? And they're going to say, ah, we're actually good right now. We don't need any additional help. You know, they're just, <laughs> they're probably not going to say that. So um, we would encourage you to do that. And obviously, as he said, pray, but let that prayer lead you to action and say, how can I serve? Whether it's giving financially, whether it's cleaning bathrooms, whether it's doing yard work, there's there's likely some capacity in which you can physically physically serve. So Yeah, absolutely. And, exactly. and great call to action there. Kirk Walden, um, thank you so much for your heart behind uh, all of what you do uh, with Heartbeat, with your book, with your podcast. Thank you. Uh, for your heart behind being pro-life, and thank you for joining us here at The Scoop on Life. Well, thank you so much, Chase and Lauren. Good to be on. I'd love to come back whenever you call. Absolutely. Thanks, Kirk. Kirk Wald joining us here for The Scoop on Life. We thank you for joining us as well, and we want to remind you that we are on social media. We are on Facebook and Instagram. You can check us out there. Hit the like button and uh, keep up to date with all that we have going on with the scoop on life and also the ways you can listen uh, it's on the apple podcast app it's on spotify and youtube just search for the scoop on life on all three of those platforms and you can tune in each week for the podcast thanks so much for joining us here on the scoop on life we'll see you next week